It's my life. I'm Stefan, and you're listening to the show that's all about me, you, and the world around us, and all of my thoughts in between sprinkled with stories from my life. Sit back and enjoy. In this episode, we're going to talk about Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. And we're going to talk about online services for a lot of churches in the area. My recent shopping trip to the local grocery store, which which did amaze me on certain fronts. I was not expecting um, exactly what I what I saw. Um, and you'll hear more about that tale. Of course, it's my wife's birthday, so we got to make a homemade carrot cake. More on that. Plus, you're going to learn about a little town, and that's a little anymore, but uh, a little town in Mississippi in which the police oh, kind of went just a little bit overboard by giving... Uh, tickets and fines to church goers that were in their cars with the windows rolled up parked in the church parking lot listening to their pastor preach unbelievable and now you're going to see a huge backlash because of that story we'll have that and more in what i like to call episode number five everybody this is Stefan and it's my life and hey it's my life hey everybody this is Stefan and hey it's my life you're listening to episode number five I believe happy Easter everybody this is a special Easter edition Uh, lots going on in my life and of course around the world and I just saw a news clipping about the possibility of Mark Cuban running for president Um, that I mean I know people have talked about it before but that was interesting that that was like a headline on the news today of all days um so there's a lot to make. Today's my wife's birthday. Um, happy birthday. And so we celebrated uh, by making a homemade carrot cake. So that, that was fun. And if anybody's ever done that, then you know how fun it can be. Um, it, it's a tedious process. I didn't realize cake making was a tedious process, but it was, it was actually cool. It was actually neat. So we celebrated her birthday kind of this morning because her daughter's taking her out um, this this uh, afternoon for lunch. So anyway, so we also had a study group session today, which was kind of cool. But we also watched, we typically on Easter or the Easter weekend, we typically go to um, our, lo- our local church uh, Easter Sunday and sometimes Saturday because there's so many people that show up on Sunday, they have multiple services. So we typically go to our our local church, and but this year, obviously, across the world, people are not gathering in churches the way that we have gathered in the past. And so a lot of people have taken to the online church gathering or the live, uh, uh, like uh, I think it's a, the the watch live or the live watch parties that are on Facebook and everything else, and for and i've seen a couple i have i have like you know i've actually popped in on a couple um and they've been okay they they've been okay but i guess our local church they did the service a little differently um and it was very what's the word not 
it wasn't bad. It wasn't like there's never a bad time when people are congregating to worship God and to praise Jesus's name. There's never a bad time or it's never bad, you know, but this was just a little awkward. It just it was different. Like it, the presentation, the delivery was different. You could I could see some distracting things going on. And, you know, uh, Literally, I, I want to thank the local churches for putting on online services. It's it's really a phenomenal thing to to witness in our time, and and I'm sure hundreds of years from now, people are going to be looking back like, well, what did they do during the coronavirus pandemic? Well, they did this, they did that, they did online uh, teaching, they did online learning, they did online meetings, they did church gatherings online during Easter of all things. Um, so it's really cool. It was just for our family to watch our local church do the Easter service it was just a little different and awkward just anyway I mean it, that and it's not a bad thing don't get me wrong I love doing online um, presentations and services and meetings I love it I really honestly I'd rather do an online meeting than I would maybe an in-person meeting because I think there there's self-confidence issues when you're doing an in-person meeting there's nothing more important than meeting somebody face to face I will give you that however it's different when you have hundreds of people that are watching you up on a stage or you have tens or dozens of people watching you in a boardroom meeting and you're the focal point. Like, you know, they're staring at every inch of your body and you may have you may be a little subconscious or, you know, you may be a little uh, um you may be lacking confidence in the way you look. Maybe you're a little fat, maybe you're a little chubby, maybe you're whatever. So when anytime I'm doing an online meeting or a video online, I know it's just from my shoulders up, basically, right? There's You're not looking at my belly. <laughs> you're not looking at the clothes I'm wearing. You're, you're just focused on my mind, my eyes, and my voice, and, and just what I'm saying. And sometimes when I'm doing a presentation online, it's basically the slides that I'm presenting. So I know you're paying attention to exactly what I want you to pay attention to during my online presentation. But when you're in a group of people, it's a little different in my mind. It shouldn't be, but it is. And I, I think the more you practice it, the better you get. But my, I guess my point in saying all of this is you've got to practice being online to be confident enough to be online so that people trust you. No different than if you are offline and you're at a stage or you're in front of a camera or uh, you're maybe in a group setting like a meeting, like where you've got a, you know, a, a meeting of a dozen or so people. And you've got to do those meetings a lot to gain confidence. And you have to be self-aware of what you're what you're weak or deficient in and what you're strong in. So anyway, I say all that because I do want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Um, there's a lot going on in the news I want to cover today. Some of the things that I'm, I'm planning on covering <clears throat> involve, you know, obviously the coronavirus. But there's a there's a few things I want to go back to. Um, there were a few things that happened that I thought, you know, I kind of need to mention this. Um, I, there was an, an article that, um, and, I, and I'm a big, whoa, I heard that, that noise. Um, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm a big follower of conservative news. I just am. And I, but I follow all news. I try to dabble in a little bit, like M- NBC, CNN, um, Fox News, obviously. But uh, I guess I resonate more with a conservative mindset. And I'm not making this a political show about you know, my politics. But you'll notice in the way I speak, you'll notice in the things I say, that I lean conservative, meaning... Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a liberal thinker in, in terms of, uh, you know, there are certain things that I am hardcore, like, no, this is what I believe. So therefore, when I vote for a political leader, I lean this way. And so I, I recognize that about myself. I'm not, I don't like to affiliate with a particular party per se, but if I have to affiliate with one, it would be the Republican party. I mean, I just would because of the conservative ideology and the things that I believe in that platform that the politicians that, um, are elected under that platform and, and adhere to that platform. Those are the things that I believe. So I, I naturally gravitate towards there, but it was interesting that, um, one of the news reports I saw on Fox News was talking about, you know, all the the coronavirus numbers that we've been given um, and that uh, all of the information we have been given has been focused on coronavirus related things like deaths and everything else. And I guess it was, you know, it was brought up like, shouldn't we hear the numbers in comparison to other numbers? Like, how many people have died of, of the regular, quote-unquote, yearly flu? How many people have, have died of heart disease during this time period? How many people have died of, of uh, heart, heart um, or, or lung failure or uh, cancer or anything like that? Shouldn't we know those numbers? I mean, it's one thing to say thousands of people are dying of coronavirus, but how many thousands of people are dying just in general? Um, so I, I and and I guess that that was the report was talking about you know the the numbers have gone down and I don't know if you guys have realized that uh, and I know Easter is about um, Jesus resurrection and you know uh, it's about the Christian faith and in this time um, you know that even though we're all separated we're really all together. But the point in this article, it was talking about why are we seeing why are we seeing these numbers change so often and they're not correlating to previous numbers or assumptions or estimates? Why is it always changing? I, I give an example. When the when my, when my wife and, and our two children were going to Virginia, I didn't want to go. It was a vacation literally about a week and a half ago. I didn't want to go. I just I don't want to risk it because everything I was reading was virus, 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 virus. Um, so, and it was talking about if we don't, if you, if we don't do everything we possibly can, then you could get in trouble and you could pick it up somewhere. Not only that, the hospitals are going to be overrun. Okay. Uh, not only that states are doing stay at home orders and some states, uh, Florida, namely at the time, literally about a week and a half ago, they were stopping cars from, from anything, anybody with a New York license plate, or Northeast license plate was being stopped at the at the state line, and I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's take let's take it this one step further. If you've got a stay at home order, and you wanted to, as a state governor, lock down your state your your state border, you could. And I said, you know, I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to take the chance of going somewhere and being in a lockdown situation, 
somewhere that's not my home. So I had that going as well. So, so I have, I'm in that risk category. I'm 48, 47 years old, about to turn 40, 48. I've got asthma. I'm already in a risk category and I'm male. Okay. Um, traveling to a destination that we've traveled many times. Don't want to take the risk. Don't want to touch anything. Don't want to run across anybody. I, I just personally don't want to take the risk. Even though I know we weren't going to even talk, talk to hardly anybody or see anybody, I didn't want to take the risk because of the fear that I had built up in my mind up until that point. So, okay, risk category, fear that it's out there, fear that I may be caught across state lines in a situation where I may be sent to a, 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 a place or maybe told to turn around and quarantine myself at a place for another 14 days. That wasn't my home. Didn't want that, okay? And on top of that, I was only going to be gone for two days anyway of the week-long vacation. So I wasn't really going to spend a whole lot of time on vacation, so to speak. And we have animals and everything else that we have to take care of. So so you, you layer all that stuff in, and those are the reasons why I didn't want to go. However... My premise at the beginning was a study that was done out of the UK, an independent study that was done out of the UK, which I have realized since then, during the time that I, I had to myself, I did a lot of research and watched a lot of videos about that specific research that came out of the UK, and I forgot what, what the name of the research, which, which said and stated if the US didn't do anything to curb their current uh, interactions, social interactions, we could be looking at a million to two million deaths. Okay, a million to two million deaths is what this report said. If if we follow the current mitigation efforts, I think at the time when this report was released, it said it, you're looking at about a million. And I have been watching the press conference and news conferences from the White House, and it, they have draw, they have said if we don't if we're not watching, a million Americans could die. And now it's gone down to six hundred thousand. And then now it's gone down to 100,000 Americans can die. And now it's gone down, well, maybe 60,000 Americans can die. And at, at last count, I think we were at, at just at the, just over 16,000 folks have, have been declared deceased and having tested positive for COVID-19. Now, 16,000, maybe it's 17,000 today, but the, the graph keeps changing. Like, okay, wait a minute. And and now they're saying, okay, well, now our new projections are this, and our new projections are this because of what we've done. And now they're talking about, okay, maybe opening up businesses again, opening up the situation and, and doing business differently. And then, of course, I, I mentioned the Mark Cuban thing. So the numbers have changed. And so you, you get into a situation where you get information overload, and you're like, okay, now I don't even know what to believe anymore. And I guess that's where I'm at uh, from, an, from an information standpoint in, in resulting in the coronavirus stuff. And then you get to a point where, okay, I had this fear, and now I've got information overload, and I literally had to go to the grocery store yesterday. And I said, you know, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to keep my distance from people. Um, but if I have to pass somebody that's four feet away from me, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to make sure that if they cough or whatever, I don't touch anything and then when I leave I'll wash my hands the store was not crowded there was a run on certain items like there were shelves that were bare but there was plenty of food plenty of food for people to, I, I, maybe in other cities maybe in other states but for us there was plenty of food 
plenty of fresh food, plenty of meat, plenty of, of, of canned goods. There were certain canned goods that they were out of completely, like rice and beans. They were gone. Um, but other items, paper towels, toilet paper, uh, uh, tissue, all gone. Shelves completely gone. Okay. Everything else, though, there was plenty. Plenty. Okay. Plenty of milk, plenty of eggs, plenty of dairy. Uh, the cheese I noticed was a little bit higher price, but my, my point in saying this, I was at the store thinking there was going to be lines waiting to get in, that they were going to somehow quarantine us and make us walk certain paths. That didn't happen. The only thing I saw was folks that were putting out food items had gloves and a mask on. It was about 60-40 of the number of people I saw without mask and the number of people I saw with mask. I had a buff that I put on my neck, and I said, you know, if it's crowded, I'll put my buff on because I don't want people, you know, touching, coughing, whatever. The lady that was cleaning the grocery cart didn't even have a mask on. But she had gloves, and she had cleaning spray. She didn't even have a mask on. So I said, okay, four feet away from her, five feet away, no no chance of getting anything. Plus, she's been cleaning stuff all day. Um, So get my grocery cart, and I look around. It's pretty sparse. Um, plenty of foods, pretty sparse, not that many people. I said, you know what? I don't need to wear my buff. Um, I'm not, I'm not sick. Um, and I'm not going to be around anybody that's sick evidently. And I can keep my distance. So not going to keep my distance. And if you look at the president's, uh, the, the news conferences, those people, even the governor's news conferences, those people are, aren't staying six feet away. They're not. Look at them. They have to actually pass some, each other sometime. Even the governor. Governor McMaster has to pass somebody sometimes to get to the podium that he has, in which he speaks. At which he speaks. That, that's not six feet. I, you can tell. Okay, so they're not doing social distancing like they're telling everybody else to do social distancing. Why? Because nobody's sick, nobody's coughing, and they're probably going to wash their hands when they leave that room. So... I did my grocery shopping. I even went up to the register because I had a ton of stuff. Normally, I do self-checkout. Go up to the register, and I got the plexiglass. And it looked it looks like I didn't even have to wait in line at the at the cashier line. Normally, I have to wait in line on, a, on a, even at a, a slow day. Didn't have to wait in line. The register was clean. You could tell because it was still kind of drying up. They had a plexiglass, and I asked the kid that was behind there. He wasn't even wearing gloves, to be honest with you. I said, so you're, are, you, are you guys like washing every time somebody leaves and, and somebody comes up? And he said, yes, yeah, we are. So I go through, psh, 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 everything's fine. The cashier or the, red, the, uh, the bag, bagger guy, he's, he's in a mask and he's got gloves on and he's packing all the food. Psh, 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 okay. I don't do the touchless pay. They have touchless pay, but I hit the keypad. Do, 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 do. You know, I got to hit the keypad. Put my card in, hit the keypad, knowing I'm not going to touch my face and I'm going to go out and wash. Okay. So I did realize when I left, the next person that went in, they didn't clean the keypad. The most used item probably at a checkout place is the keypad in which you have to do your payment. And yet that wasn't even being cleaned. So we got a plexiglass to prevent the kid from either you know, pushing the sickness or potentially infecting somebody else or somebody infecting the kid. Okay. You've got the bagger. He's got a mask on. You got He's got gloves on. And everything... But the point at which most people are going to be touching something didn't even get cleaned off. The register, the little the the uh, conveyor belt, that was cleaned off. But the little pad where you put your debit card or credit card in wasn't being cleaned. I, I thought, well, this is asinine. This doesn't make any sense. 
So anyway, I go out to the gro- the, the truck, I load up my groceries, um, and then I wash my hands, get in the truck, come back home, don't, you know, do, do my thing, and then away we go. But I just thought, <sighs> fear, the numbers changing, the, the idea that you can still maintain, we should be doing this anyway, but the idea that we can maintain some semblance of uh, protection by just being aware and cautious of any virus or any cold or any disease that we should do it i mean we should all do it so um after the break we're going to talk a little bit more about uh coronavirus i have a couple news stories that i'd like to share with you guys let me see if i can pull it up real quick Welcome back, everybody. My name is Stefan, and if you're just tuning in, um, you're listening to Hey, It's My Life. And we've been talking about Easter and me going grocery shopping and uh, talking a little bit about, you know, what churches are doing online uh, during this time that we're all kind of quarantined to our homes. And I, I have to mention, um, this This is a crazy news story out of Mississippi. Um, so the the... One, there's a Mississippi church that is suing the city of Greenville. Um, they're suing the city of Greenville after police basically shut down its drive-through or drive-in service um, this past week. There was a city ban, evidently, uh, on people congregating. And so w- what happened basically at this church is the, the, the folks that were going to this church decided they were going to pull up and basically, they were going to uh, stay in their cars while, and with their windows rolled up while the pastor was going to preach from inside, okay? And this seems pretty straightforward to me. Great. They're showing support, and the pastor's going to preach from the inside. So the police department decided, hey, this violated the mayor's ordinance um, and violated the shelter-in-place order, okay? Uh, so the police decided to um, ticket and run them off uh, and uh, for, for, for apparently violating the, the, the stay-at-home order. Now, and, and I guess if, 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 if I'm going to this church, I'm thinking to myself, wait, wait a minute, um, I can go to Lowe's, I can go to the local restaurant, I can go to... Um, I can go to Walmart, sit in the parking lot hours at a time, watch a movie, listen to podcasts. I can do whatever I want in the, in the Walmart parking lot. I can do whatever I want. But this city decided that people who were listening to the pastor of their church couldn't sit in their cars in the parking lot of the church with their windows rolled up. Couldn't even do that without the police basically saying, well, we're going to fine you. You're going to get a ticket and we're going to fine you for violating an order. Why, why not Why not ticket everybody that was at the Walmart or the, the Home Depot? I just, that blows my mind. That's when you know that somebody didn't check in at the reality and, you know, common sense store and pick up their card. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And we still have people at Lowe's and Home Depot picking flowers and, and flowers, flowers, plants, 
These are not critical needs during a quarantine. You know, you don't get your garden supplies um, because you're going to do, well, you know, we got some time. We might as well do some lawn care. And I'm, if it's not essential, you shouldn't be out and about. That's the whole point of a quarantine. And the idea that you, you and so this is, I think, our political leaders and our and our governmental folks who come up with policies and regulations are, are realizing, ah, oh, crap, we didn't we didn't plan ahead of this. We next time around, we need to be very clear on what what can open, what can't open stores, what they can allow people to buy, what they can't allow people to buy, and make it very clear on the news media or any other outlets or communication outlets, and say, look, we are requiring you to quarantine based off of X. And these are the only supplies that you are allowed to customers to purchase. And then the, the stores have to go, okay, based on that, here's how we're going to construct our store. And this is how we're going to do our flow. And this is how we're going to do our online ordering. Because the whole online ordering thing got botched on several fronts, from restaurants all the way down to grocery stores. It got botched, okay? There was a run on online orders, backlogs on online orders, fulfillment of online orders, to the point of they were fulfilling online orders where they were running out at the store. So people that were going to the store didn't even have stuff that because because the online orders had to be fulfilled. But then they said, okay, we've got to fill the, we've got to make sure we have items on our shelf, but now the online orders can't be fulfilled. So anyway, it, it's been a nightmare scenario. And I think there's going to be a lot of figuring out at a business and a grocery store level. But the idea that law enforcement would go and ticket folks who are in their car with the windows rolled up listening to their preacher is baffling and it is an overreach and I think you're going to see a lot of backlash of, of this stuff that is a huge overreach by the authorities the police authorities as well as the governmental authorities you just can't do that there's there's got to be some kind of common sense when it comes to your officers i mean it just doesn't make a lick of sense so in this time this weekend let's all be let's all share some gratitude i'm very grateful for the things that are in my life even though it's a little difficult right now um but i'm very grateful that I have my life. I'm very grateful for the breath in my body. And I know as you're listening to my voice that um, you're grateful as well. And I think if, if we all can say that out loud to a creator that, that is there, that is omnipresent and is omnipotent, I, I think it's not only going to help you during this quarantine process and the coronavirus, but I think it's going to help you on your day-to-day -day life. And I just want to say for all those who are believers and even those who are non-believers or, or people who are just trying to figure out what they believe, that I wish you a, a great day. I wish you a happy Easter and um, I'll see you on the next episode of Hey, It's My Life. I'm Stefan and I'm out.